popularity, as the popularity of Jesus grew, so did the opposition. Jesus heals the man at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years an invalid, and Jesus does an incredible thing. He, he says, you want to get well? And the man says, well, I, well, I can't get to the water. I, I always miss it in time. I'm, I'm never one that's healed. And Jesus heals him directly. Pick up your mat and walk. And because he does that, he's healed by Jesus. He does what Jesus says to do. He picks up his mat. The opponents of Jesus, they say, you should not be carrying that mat. Carrying a mat, in their opinion, was working and breaking the Sabbath. And you heard the storyline that the man said, well, the man who healed me told me to do this. And, and anyway, uh, Jesus knows that the growing opposition is, is there. And, and Jesus uses words that are unique to trials. Jesus uses the word defense. Uh, Jesus uses the word testimony. And by the way, John's gospel uses that word testimony 47 times. It's really a, an emphasis in John's gospel. And along with testimony is truth. Court of law today, those who testify or tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So today, we want to see testimony like none other. Let's, uh, let's begin by, by looking at uh, the, the opening uh, verses of our text, verses uh, 16 and following. And, and we see in this, Jesus, first of all, Jesus gives his own testimony. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with the Father. And, and by the way, you see this. It, it's written in imperfect tense. He kept on making himself equal to God the Father. And, 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 and Jesus, first of all, in his own defense, he, he is saying that God the Father and he himself have the same purpose for, in life. God the Father is always working. And Jesus says, and, and so am I. And we have the same purpose. Um, again, he's making himself equal with God the Father. Continues on. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the, the Son, the Father who sent him. So Jesus says, I have the same purpose as the Father. Uh, I have the same power as God the Father, power to raise the dead. And I am to receive the same praise as God the Father. And if you don't honor me, just as you honor God the Father, then you don't honor him as well. Now, Jesus goes on with this, the power to, to raise the dead. 
Verse 24. Very truly I tell you, there's the truth, again, his testimony, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged for he has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. This is called in, by theologians the first resurrection. And what it means is that, that the, uh, Jesus said, A time has now come when the spiritually dead hear my voice as God's Son. And they hear my voice in the gospel message, and those who are spiritually dead, they now have spiritual life. They believe in me. And they've crossed over from death to life. My friends, that's what's happened to us. By nature, we were spiritually dead. We were destined to be forever separated from God in in hell. The word of God has changed our lives. The the gospel message that we have a savior from sin and we have faith in him and we have crossed over from from death to life. Now, now Jesus goes on from that. um, Verse 38, 28. Do not be amazed at this, this spiritual resurrection. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So Jesus says a time is coming. He doesn't say has now come, but a time is coming. He's, he's talking about his return. And the fact is, there's a day on God's calendar, the last day, and, and, and Jesus will appear, and he will speak his word, and the dead will rise. All of them. Think of the billions of people who have preceded us in death. All the dead will be raised. Again, something only God has the power to do. And Jesus says those who had faith in God will rise to live. And those who have rejected God will will rise to be condemned. We should be amazed at that. God the Father has entrusted the power to raise the dead to his son, Jesus Christ. They're putting Jesus on trial, but the fact is they're going to appear before Jesus one day, and so will we. Again, he is the judge, and he is giving testimony uh, in in his word. Now, if a person gives self-testimony, and that does happen, uh, court cases today, if if a person gives self-testimony, the only way that it can be beneficial and useful is if that person has a good reputation, right? If it can be proven their character is true, they're honest, they're trustworthy, they give self-testimony. Uh, it can weigh a lot. But look at Jesus. Uh, his character is true. In fact, it's flawless. Jesus would eventually be arrested by the Sanhedrin, the same men who were out to get him here. And, and they tried to prove him guilty, but they couldn't even prove him guilty of a single sin because he was the flawless one. He was perfect in everything he did. 
So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my own testimony. And, and my testimony is true because I never acted independently of God the Father. Now, Jesus knew very well, though, that self-testimony normally um, is used against people. Right? These were lawyers. They were experts in the law. Um, so Jesus gives further testimony than simply his own. He gives the testimony of John the Baptist. Verse 31 and following. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. Now, the translation here in the NIV is, is not the best. It's not that what Jesus is saying is not true. But Jesus is saying, if I give testimony about myself, uh, it's not going to be considered valid by you. Again, he's, he's reading their mind. Self-testimony in your mind, in your opinion, not valid. So Jesus says, okay, I'll add to my testimony then. Verse 33. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, for I, I, for I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. He's referring to John the Baptist. And in John the Baptist's ministry could not be denied. A strange man wearing you know, camel skin clothing out in the middle of the desert along the Jordan River, and we're told the entire Judean uh, countryside, the people from Judea showed up there to hear John preach a baptism and to be baptized, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And, and people's lives are being changed. Known sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, uh, coming there uh, again for, for, for a chance to be clean before God in a clean conscience, turning from their sins and John said, hey, I'm not, I'm not the one. I'm only the forerunner. The one that comes after me, he's the one I'm directing you towards. And we know what John said. After he baptized Jesus, Jesus as the Messiah, his inauguration. Again, we had that several weeks ago. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus on the other side of the Jordan. With all the people around him, John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the one. And, and some of the Pharisees were there. And for a time, again, John was a light, but he was pointing people to Jesus. Now, now John the Baptist's time had come and gone. The, the shades were being drawn. At this time, John is in prison. We're going to talk more about him next week. But Jesus said, okay, you want testimony? Here's my own testimony. It's true, and I did everything the Father has told me to do. That's not good enough for you. Here's testimony of John the Baptist. Remember him? Uh, you listened to him for a while. Yeah, he's in prison, but you know what? He's testified concerning the truth. He testified that I am the one, that I am the Messiah. Next, Jesus points to his miracles. So the testimony of his miracles, verse 36. I have testimony your weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. I think you would agree as we're going through this that Jesus did miracles like none other. There are supposed faith healers today not the same 
when Jesus did a miracle, it was whole, it was complete, it amazed people. I think we'd all agree, if we saw a, a man invalid for 38 years, hoping to get into the pool of Bethesda to be healed, it'd be kind of a pathetic scene day after day. Jesus went there one day and said, do you want to get healed? And pick up your man and walk. It was undeniable. Those of you reading the one-year Bible, the Bible in a year, we had the reading this week that there was a man with a shriveled hand. Right? You cannot deny the man has a shriveled hand, and Jesus said, hold out your hand. And the shriveled hand was made whole. Jesus performed miracles like that, where, where those who were, were born blind could see, and the, the lame could instantly walk. We had the story of the paralyzed man, led, um, led by his friends through the roof, And Jesus, again, healed the paralyzed man of his sin, but also of his paralysis. So Jesus said, you want a testimony? Look to the miracles I have done. The Bible records 37 miracles in Jesus' ministry. If we include his resurrection and his ascension back into heaven, 40 miracles. And those weren't all of them. John's Gospel says that these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, but if, if, they, if the Bible had recorded all of his miracles, there wouldn't be enough pages to write them all down. So the testimony of Jesus, the testimony of John, the testimony of Jesus' miracles. Jesus goes on again. He's, he's laying out his defense. He now gives us the testimony of God the Father, verses 37 through 38. And the Father who has sent me has testified, himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. So, so again, the testimony of, of God the Father. And this is one of those beautiful Trinity passages. The Bible says that the God the Father testifies concerning Jesus. The Holy Spirit testifies concerning Jesus. Jesus would testify concerning the Holy Spirit and God the Father. And Jesus is saying, God the Father is speaking. I'm simply submitting to what he wants me to do. But you're not listening to him because you do not believe the one he sent. Now, now the word of God is tied in. Uh, to the testimony, excuse me, of the Father. Um, We're going to move on to that now, the testimony of the Word, verses 38 through 44. Nor does his Word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very Scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Can't, can't you see Jesus? He's trying to reach these, these men who are, are hardened in their hearts. They are rejecting him. Jesus has what they really need, forgiveness and everlasting life, and, and they're just rejecting him. They'll be plotting to kill him. You have to understand, these are people who study the word of God. Do we not study the word of God? We do, in worship. I encourage you daily to read the Word of God. There is a danger here, and it's not just the Pharisees. It's a danger that lies in us as well. It is possible to study the Word of God and know it inside and out 
but not study the God of the Word, nor believe in Him. That frightens me as a man who studies God's Word. My library, I have tons of commentaries. There are people that write, you know, the Word of God, they know all about it, and you hear the background. There is one, a William Barclay, and, and, and he, he knows the background, he knows the culture, you can learn things from him. But the more I read about Barclay, there are, you realize, this, does he really believe in Jesus, though? He, he's denying the miracles of Jesus, and therein lies the danger. We are to study the Word of God, but we are to believe the God of the Word. And that's, again, what the Pharisees were not doing. So Jesus said, the testimony of God's word, these are the scriptures that testify about me. Finally, he goes on to the testimony of Moses, verses 45 and following. But do, you not, think I will, but do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Again, they were putting their hope in Moses. The, Moses was the leader of God's people. He wrote, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, inspired him to write the first five books of the Old Testament. And, and, and Jesus says, Moses testified about me. You're not believing what Moses said. Now, I want to show you a a little video, and it's very well done. Jesus, again, said these scriptures, what we're studying, they testify about him. And as we study scripture, that's our approach. How do the words of scripture, no matter if the Old Testament, Psalm or Proverb, New Testament, how does it testify to Jesus Christ? Jesus is the center of God's word. So let's watch the video. Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative in which every story, every character points beyond itself to one who is greater. The story of Adam and Eve is not just about the first man and woman. There is a true and better Adam who passed the test in the garden and whose obedience is ascribed to us. There is a true and better Abel who, though innocently slain, has blood that cries out not for our condemnation, but for our acquittal. There is a true and better Abraham who answered the call of God to leave all the comfortable and familiar and go out into the void to create a new people of God. There is a true and better Isaac the son of laughter, of grace, who was not just offered up by his father on the mount, but was truly sacrificed for us all. There is a true and better Jacob, who wrestled and took the blow of justice we deserve, so we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace that wake us up and discipline us. 
There is a true and better Joseph who at the right hand of the king forgives those who betrayed and sold him and uses his new power to save them. There is a true and better Moses who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and who mediates a new covenant. There is a true and better rock of Moses who struck with the rod of God's justice now gives us water in the desert. There is a true and better Job, the truly innocent sufferer who then intercedes for and saves his foolish friends. There is a true and better David, whose victory becomes his people's victory, though they never lifted a stone to accomplish it themselves. There is a true and better Esther, who didn't just risk losing an earthly palace, but lost the ultimate heavenly one, who didn't just risk his life, but gave his life to save his people. There is a true and better Jonah, who was cast out into the storm so that we could be brought in. There is a true and better Passover lamb, innocent, perfect, helpless, slain so the angel of death will pass over us. He's the true temple, the true prophet, the true priest, the true king, the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true light, and the true bread. The Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative that points to one person, Jesus. Well done. The true and better. Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the completer. He is the, the, the righteous one. All scriptures, again, testify to him. Now, if we look at this, in, this exchange, Jesus, again, laying out his defense. Is it that Jesus is becoming defensive? Is that his, his purpose? Is that his goal? And the answer is no. Uh, Jesus cared about these men who were rejecting him, who were trying to build a case against him, who would be successful in about a year and a half of having him arrested and, and crucified. We're told in our text that, that Jesus' desire was to testify to the truth to save them. Now, I, I began this message by uh, uh, the movie The Judge. How many of you saw the movie, by the way? Okay, about a third of you have. Um, those that haven't, uh, I'm going to give it away a little bit. But uh, the judge, who is now on the stand that has to give testimony, when, when, when it goes out to be settled by the jury, he's found guilty. And, and he is arrested. And as an old man, he lives out uh, the, most of the remaining years in jail. Now, when it comes to the judge, Jesus, he also is found guilty. Not just by the, the, the Pharisees and those that hated him who would just find anything, they, whatever they could, to have him arrested and crucified. But the Bible says that God the Father found Jesus guilty of sin. Was it because he actually committed sins? The answer is no. But the Bible says it's substitutionary atonement. The Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Guilty. And Jesus was judged on that cross. Judged on our behalf. Faced the penalty on our behalf. 
And please know, though, because Jesus was judged by God himself, we are pardoned. We are forgiven. My friends, God has called us to make testimony of him. Uh, the, the man at the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus appeared to him a second time, he started telling me, it's Jesus, it's Jesus who, who saved me. Let's give a clear testimony as to, again, the, the justice and the power and the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. There is testimony like none other in him. And let's be a part of it. Amen. Now may the true peace of God, which comes from knowing, again, the love of God and the power of God in Christ Jesus, keep our hearts and minds through faith in him as our Lord and Savior. Amen.